This is Rennie Kanaw for ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Yay! Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. And welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. It's a show that talks about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling, a.k.a. the ESPN of the barbecue and grilling industry, much like they cover sports. I cover live fire. If you're new to the program, welcome aboard. The show originates from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here for your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolous show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter, which you can sign up for at the main website as well. It just takes an email address and away you go. 14 past the hour. It's the first Tuesday of a brand new month, that being February, the lover's month. And that means a first-hour visit from the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team, Malcolm Reed, joining us. We're doing something fun and frivolous, but fun and informational all at the same time. For the next four weeks, this starting week number one, Malcolm and I will be doing a singular barbecue roundtable. We're taking the four big meats tonight. We'll be talking about pork butt solely. So if you've always wondered... How Malcolm does his pork butts at home. We're not going to be talking competition stuff. We're just going to be talking about the home stuff for now. Maybe we'll stretch it into then another four-week segment after this four-week segment of Backyard and Go Competition Barbecue. Maybe we won't do that, but that's an option. So if you've always wanted to know how Malcolm does his pork butts, and we're going to go right from stem to stern. So we're going to go shopping with Malcolm. We're going to see what he looks for in pork butts, and we're going to prep it, and we're going to cook it. And then we're going to serve it and all points in between. So if you have questions or if you want to take notes, this will be the segment for you. As I was getting through the outline quickly, I thought, are we going to have enough time to get through this? But we're going to try our hardest to do pork butt. And then if I have to revamp a little bit or if I have to stretch them out into a second segment and bump somebody else who I already have in place for next month, we'll worry about those things. We'll get the logistics ironed out here over the next couple months. But that's the plan for the next four. The four big barbecue meats brought to you by Malcolm Reed and the Barbecue Central Show Backyard Roundtable singular version with the pitmaster of Killer Hogs. Then we will move to 35 past the hour. He has been on the show since 2006 in some form or fashion. Some call him Dr. Barbecue. I call him Ray Lampy. He'll be joining us. 
backing up Malcolm Reed will be Ray, and we'll be talking to Ray about something that he did this past weekend that he hasn't done in five years. We'll also talk about where the status of the restaurant is. And if that isn't enough, we will have a live, local, and late-breaking exclusive announcement to wrap his segment, so stay tuned for Dr. Barbecue. And then we will move to the second hour, if that wasn't enough. Because it is the first Tuesday of a new month in the second hour, that, of course, brings a visit from another YouTube sensation, usually dealing with live fire. Whether he likes to admit it or not, Sam the Cooking Guy will be joining me. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. There's a new book that's coming out. There's some business of a new a new, new book, not even in process yet. I don't know if there's been a deal put together since the last time I talked to him, but we'll talk about that. Talk about behind the scenes of back of, of book business, I should say. He did a cooking video on Monday, yesterday, with the new McDonald's hacks, but he did the Sam's version of those. We'll talk to him about that. And then we will also re-loop on that animation that uh, Damian Rodriguez had made for the Sam the Cooking Guy show, and I was so impressed with Sam's animation i reached out to damien and i've animated one of the most controversial and popular bits slash segments on the show the meathead saying that pineapple barring any other thing is the best thing to come off a grill i've animated that we will be revealing it this evening during the same the cooking guy segment also we will be playing what the sam like best as we open that segment so if you are already on Clubhouse and you want to take part in winning something, now I do apologize. I just told Lance Owens earlier in text message earlier in the week that uh, he should always be taking part in the show. However, he is a recent winner, so I'm hoping that somebody else will want to win and uh, we can bring you up on Clubhouse. We'll play what Sam's like best, and hopefully you win. It's the best three out of five. And then 35 past... I mean, there's a very good chance Sam's going to carry over depending on how the game goes. We have a lot to talk about. So that's kind of how the show's laying out. I do want to apologize to uh, Chris Young. I Scheduling error. You're going to want to check out. I have to rebook him. I totally missed it. It's my fault, Chris. But go to combustion.inc, I believe, is the website. Is that it? Hold on. Chris Young... It's uh, combustion.inc. Yeah, go to combustion.inc. Get a heads up on what we're going to be talking about. It's wireless stuff. It's wireless thermometering. We talked about it last week. Chris, I apologize. It's my fault. Sometimes I miss. I missed. Hey, do you follow me socially? You should. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Snapchat, uh, at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds of the show can be found at Facebook and Twitch, slash BBQ Central Show. Also, a live video feed on Facebook, slash RD Rempe, although I hate them. Don't forget, we are live on Clubhouse as well. So if you just want an audio feed, download the Clubhouse app and then look for me, the Barbecue Central Show or Greg Rempe or however the hell you find me and then subscribe right through there. You can get alerted when we go live. We do it every Tuesday night. That's how I also take callers and we will do the game show and some other stuff here. So that's how it all lays out. Live listener feedback from last week's show. And boy, did I have a bunch. Jerry from right here in Cleveland. Greg, I never found the inspiration to write into the show. However, after listening to Suzanne Moskowitz come on the show twice and kill it each time, I had to tell you how great she was. 
More Suzanne, please. Yes. Jerry, I agree. Suzanne is an absolute shot out of a cannon expert. Brought great anecdotes and great stories to get her point across. It was absolutely wonderful. She's a treat. And at some point, I'm actually going to get my official trademark documents that she continues to hold hostage for some reason. I'm not sure why that is. But she does it. Maybe we'll meet up later this week. I'll shoot her a note. But I got a ton of similar emails saying how great Suzanne is. And we're working to have her back on the show here sooner than later. Peter in Maryland writes to the show, Greg, I was really hoping that Weber was bringing a thermostatically controlled grill to market. Looks like you were wrong, loser. Love the show. Peter, P.S. Like you and the rest of the embedded correspondence, I would also take a free thermostatically controlled grill if it was offered to me. Of course, because what's rule three of the show? If it's free, it's me. We don't have time to go over all the rules of the shows. Rules of the show, I guess I should say. There's five of them, but rule number three definitively reads and states, if it's free, it's me. So, Tim... I or Peter, sorry, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Tim in Mississippi writes, Greg, the embedded correspondence segment is the best recurring monthly spot. I love the collection of opinions you guys give about live fire topics. Keep up the great work. Love the show. Regards, Tim. Tim, thank you. We are the live fire industry's leading opinion makers. Myself, Doug, longest running embedded correspondent from Texas. John from Michigan, of course, who's also the executive producer of the Best Moments show. And then, of course, Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah, leading opinion makers right there. He's also co-host of the Pitmasters podcast. Nick in Vermont writes in as we close it out here. Greg, love the show, longtime podcaster. And I agree with you on your plant-based meat tirade. Tirade. At the end of the show last week during the embedded correspondence segment, if it's not healthier... And you are not... Andrew, you are not the <laughs> And you are not a non-meat eater. Then why would anybody eat the Beyond or Impossible Meat product? It's just beyond me. Love the show. Regards, Nick. As I said last week, Nick, during my tirade, as you call it, if it's not healthier for me, why am I doing it? Because I am a meat eater. If I wasn't a meat eater, okay, I see it. Nick, thank you for writing in. And thank you for taking my side. Before we get to Malcolm Reed, who looks like he's back in studio, I will talk to you quickly about my friend David McDowell over at dowellnessdavidleans.com slash BBQ. Look, what did we talk to you a couple weeks ago? It's not too late. I know the new year is here. You think you might be behind the eight ball. You wanted to be a healthier version of you in 2022. But you crapped the bed a little bit as the year turned. All right. Don't worry about it. We still have 10 months to go. We can get healthy again. Let's do it. You've heard that having a dad bod is cool. There's a guy that actually takes pictures of dad bod dudes in the barbecue industry and distributes that like barbecue porn saying, hey, that's cool. You know what? It's not cool. Take it from a stud like me. There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go, not to mention being overweight can increase all the causes of mortality, including strokes and cancers and coronary artery disease, and the list goes on. 
Luckily, thanks to my pal and friend of show, also backyard barbecue enthusiast, and men's health and wellness coach and expert David McDowell, you can eat barbecue all year round and still lose the fat. fat. With David, you've got assistance around the clock. He's just a text message or iMessage or WhatsApp message or an email away. He's also available for FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, video, chat, whatever you need, even on short notice. Some coaches are charging up to $500 a month for a canned diet plan and one to two check-ins a month. Forget it. Partnering with David allows you access to a resource who's available effectively 24-7. Things have gone so well since we started doing this. You can now join up with him after the fact. $200 a month. It's cheap. You can finally permanently lose all the unwanted fat for 2022, $200 a month. Gang, don't wait. Get on this now so you're ready to win with the health for the rest of 2022. It's David's personal guarantee to you. If you're honest, you make the effort. You'll succeed in losing fat. 100% money returned. If you're not satisfied, hit the website, davidleans.com slash bbq. That's davidleans.com slash bbq to sign up right now. Malcolm Reed is ready to talk. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, accessories to make the barbecue and grilling life easier, Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU, the Barbecue Guru, continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. By the way, if you didn't get the breaking news from Barbecue Guru, friend of show and guest Hall of Famer, Barbecue Bob Trudnak is no longer with Barbecue Guru, announcing that earlier today. So we'll see what he's up to. Uh, booking him here over the next handful of weeks to see what led to the departure and uh, what he is up to as things start to uh, avail themselves in a new form and fashion for Bob, formerly of the Barbecue Guru. But notwithstanding that, it's the first Tuesday of the month. You know what that means? A visit from my pal and pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. What's going on, Greg? I am happy to see you. It looks like you're out of the deer blind and back into HQ. Did I pull you back in quickly or were you really back and ready to rock and roll? No, man, I've been back. Uh, I had to, had to come back to work yesterday, so can't be all vacation. Yes. Well, we're pedal to the metal right now. You're back on the barbecue central show for February. Before we get into the pork, butt singular round table, which you've agreed to do here for the four big meats, any big plans for the lover's day of Valentine's day, you a big Valentine's day guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm ta- I'm ta- I- I'm going to celebrate so much. I'm taking Rochelle to Jamaica. So really, look at you <laughs> setting the bar high for everybody else. Holy moly! Wow, gone a week. All yeah. right, 
good for you. Nothing like getting out of the deer blind, going right down to Jamaica so you can you know, relax it out, rum it out, maybe nap it out a little bit. Sounds like you got it all planned out. I got to get, I got to make up points for uh, all those hours I spent away from home in the, in the blinds. That's right. <laughs> so uh, happy. as I had mentioned, we are going to do over the next four months, the four big meets and go from start to finish on these. So uh, much like the old barbecue roundtable shows that I used to do, except we're just going to be doing with Malcolm Reed, who is obviously a hugely accomplished backyard cook and a hugely accomplished competition cook. But as I mentioned in the open, we'll be focusing more backyard this time around. So if you're interested in competition stuff, maybe that's something we look at down the road, but we'll do backyard stuff here. So prep stuff. We're going to go to the store. We're following Malcolm Reed along. We're getting to the pork butt section. As you look at the bevy of butts, what are you looking for in particular as you start this journey? The main thing I think is you want to make sure that package um, hasn't had any air in it. You know, sometimes they pile those butts in there. They do have bones so they can poke the package, let a little air in, and that's going to make a soft feeling butt. I just think it gets more age on it that way. So I look for the ones that are tight in the package. Of course, I want a decent money muscle. Even if I'm just cooking it at home, I'm still going to look at that butt. Um, I want a decent fat cap on it. I want to see that fat cap all the way out to the edge. It usually means it's got a pretty good false layer of meat underneath that fat. And you know that's some of the best meat on that butt there. But eight to 10 pound butt feels firm in the package. Nice money muscle on front and you'll be good to go. Have you tried all of the other grades of pork at this point? All the heritage and the caribudas and all that whatnot? Uh, I've cooked most of them, yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of compart pork, that Duroc. Um, I've cooked the Berkshire. I've cooked some of the Cheshire. I've cooked the the, the Caribouda that we, you can get from Snake River. Um, it's good. Um, I do, I mean, I like that for contest because it has more fat content, you know, fat's flavor. It's expensive just to cook at home. So I don't, you know, a lot of times if I'm just cooking a butt for, you know, get together to give away or just to serve my family, I, I don't really spend that that money on that expensive cut of meat but when we're at a contest we do i don't want to get off track here but from a, a prep and cooking standpoint is it all relatively the same regardless yeah it's the same muscle i mean you know some of them some of those cuts are they're cut a little different you know they break them off a little bit wider you end up with a little bit of meat so you end up losing a lot more in the drop uh, because when i'm when i'm getting a butt ready i kind of square it up i usually try to you know take wherever the money muscle is and go down that blade bone side and clean that area up and then square off the back of it. Um, there's not a lot of, you know, I, I don't get real crazy with the, with the prep on a pork butt, just anything undesirable. There's, I mean, sometimes you can find a few glands they've left in there. Um, I try to remove those. I always check on the sides. That's usually where there's located. And there's usually one up in the seam of it where, um, you know, on the opposite side of the fat cap. But once I get those out and I clean up any veins, I see it's, it's ready to go. I never used to really, take off the fat cap, you know, opposite side of the meat or underside of the meat, however you want to call it for the folks that are listening. And then over the last couple of years, I've really shaved it right down to the meat. Am I, am I missing something or is that just personal preference? Well, I, I mean, a lot of it's personal preference because I mean, the majority of that fat's probably not going to render, but the, if you take it off, there's some really good, that false cap meat and we call it like pork pork butt bacon there's you know those those thin strands of that really tender meat that's right that's encapsulated in that fat cap so you've got that outer fat then you've got that false cap and you've got another layer of fat then you get down to the butt well if you take all that off you can lose that fa false mm -hmm. cap and if you expose too much of the false cap and you leave it on it's going to dry out it kind of turns to jerky so i like to leave it on 
Um, I also, sometimes I'll take it and I'll just score that fat a little, just make some lines in it to help it break down as it cooks. That helps too, unless you get some more rub and seasoning in those cracks and crevices. But for the most part, I'm leaving that fat on. I'm going to render it down low and slow. At home, are you an injector? I'm not. I don't, you know, it's got such a good flavor anyway. I want to taste the pork and you got plenty of moisture in it from the fat that's breaking down and I'm taking it. See, I'm not a hot and fast guy when it comes to cooking pork, but I, I believe that letting that meat slow down, letting that fat break down, it flavors it on the inside, and I can let me concentrate on what I'm doing with the smoke and the seasonings on the outside. Ends up a better product. Now, there's nothing wrong with cooking it hot and fast. If you're, you know, pressed for time, you just want to get it done, put it on there and nuke it. But, but I think it, you get a much better product if you slow it down, let that fat break down, and you don't need an injection. You don't need to put anything else on the inside of it. When it comes to putting the rub on the butt, are you somebody that likes to do it X amount of hours in advance or overnight or something like this? Or what is your thought on rubbing the butt? Usually, I mean, usually I give it an hour at least. I'm a savory guy first. So I like doing that salt, pepper, maybe a little garlic straight on the meat. You don't have to have a binder. You don't, you know, you see, you can use mustard or you can use oil or there's all kinds of little light coat of vinegar or something you could put on there to, to kind of make it stick. But if you'll put some salt on it first, add a little bit of savory seasonings with that salt and just let it sit, it's going to start pulling moisture out of that meat. And as it's pulling moisture out, it's taking some of those flavors inside the meat. And so I just let it sweat a little bit. And it doesn't take, I mean, you know, it's okay to do it overnight. You want to, I've seasoned up pork butt and let, put it in the fridge, got them cooked the next morning, it's fine. Um, what it can do, if you put too much, you know, too much seasoning on it, too much sugar, too much salt, you can get a curing effect the longer you let it sit. So I kind of watch it. But if you're just doing an hour or so, it's not going to phase it. It's just going to make it better. Is it all of the uh, Killer Hogs rubs that you're using or will you use other stuff? Um, you know, man, there's a lot of times I get so many samples of rubs or people want me to try stuff. I've got a, you know, I've got one of Shell's cabinets full in my kitchen, probably overflowing into, other, into another cabinet. So I try to use some of those up and I'll experiment with stuff, but when it comes down to it, I'm using, you know, basically my AP, which is salt, pepper, garlic. That's the first thing I put on there. And then I'll just usually throw some barbecue rub on it, whichever one I got open. If it's the barbecue rub, if it's hot rub, if it's, you know, some of my buddy stuff, it doesn't really matter. I just kind of want a barbecue flavor on it. I mean, it's, um, I, I'm not, you know, saying you got to use one. There's so many great rubs out there, you know, Greg, there's, there's a bunch of good ones. Anything else? in the prep process that you're doing that we haven't talked about? Um, nothing that's, I mean, you know, just getting a light trim on it, exposing, you know, exposing that fat cap a little bit and, uh, you know, trimming off anything undesirable and getting some seasoning on it, let it sit. That's all you got to do. It's really simple. All right. Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. How to BBQ is the website. Make sure you're subscribed to him over on YouTube. If you aren't already, a lot of us in the live fire world are of course, and, anxiously await those new videos. All right, so let's get into the cooking process here, Malcolm. What do you set the cooker up at temperature-wise to cook these? I'm, you know, I'm low and slow. I'm keeping it between 225 and 250, just holding it steady there. You know, it's, you know, optimal if you want to pick a temp, go 235. But I'm putting some, a little bit of hickory wood in there, a little bit of pecan, and I like a little fruit wood, so I'll throw cherry or apple, just a, you know, maybe a chunk or two to get me some smoke going. And then I'm, I'm going to, you know, let that smoker stabilize, throw my wood on right before I'm going to put the meat on, and then I'll get that butt directly on the grate. Depending on the cooker I'm cooking on, um, 
probably going to cook it fat up, but if I'm cooking on my drum or something like that, a lot of times I'll shield it. I'll flip it over because that heat's more direct. It's more, you know, right below the, the grate a little way. So you need something, a buffer in between it to keep from drying it out. That's when I'd flip it over. But the um, uh, majority of the time I'm cooking it fat up. And it's going until it hits about 160 internal. That color gets right on the outside. All right. Don't get ahead of us here, Malcolm. Just hold on a second. We got plenty of time to get to all the uh, cooking stuff. Uh, I want to ask you about cookers because you're somebody that has a multitude. You have ceramic cookers. You have the pellet cookers. You have a number of offset cookers and everything in between. Is there a favorite one or is there a favorite cooker that produces the best butt taste to you? Man, the, the best taste is hard to beat that drum just for the... If you like an old-fashioned pit barbecue flavor, meat juices rendering out, dripping on those coals right below it, that gives you real authentic barbecue. Mm. So if I had to pick one flavor, that's the one I'm going with. Now, the drawback to it is, you know, two or three butts on a drum and you're crowded. So if if you're just cooking one, no problem. But if you want to cook for a crowd, it's kind of tough with a drum. Uh, I used to do butts directly on the grates like you were talking about. And then... Maybe it's been five or six years. I started converting to pan. So if I'm doing a one butt, I'll cook it in a half pan. But typically, I'm doing two or four or more. So I'll get the full uh, hotel pans, stick two butts in a full pan. Um, with my Traeger, I can get like uh, two full pans of so four butts in there. Seems to have enough room to work. I, and I'm, I find that I collect the juice and... I don't think I'm shielding anything, but it, I mean, the end product for me and the, the ease cleanliness, of course, I'm a little OCD, uh, you know, panning seems to be a, a good thing. Do you mess around with pans at all? Or have you tried that and just figured out that putting it on the grate works best for you? I do. It, it really, it depends on what cooker I'm cooking on. So, you know, at contest, we cook on an old, old hickory and we want it to be um, kind of clean. We don't want that grease dripping down the bottom of it. So we'll put it in a pan. I'll put it on a raised rack inside a pan that way it's not sitting in the juice the whole time it gives me a little bit better airflow but when it comes time to wrap it we take it off the rack and just wrap it up in the pan so um and we start collecting the juice then but the pans work there's nothing wrong with that i just think if you want like if you have a drum smoker or somewhere you can drip some some of that meat juice on those coals you'll get a different flavor Mm. than you do just cooking in a pan during the cook are you You a smoke that's right uh, are you during the cook? Are you a butt spritzer or mopper? Not usually, man. I usually shut it and forget it. I don't. I don't mess with it because I'm not worried about it getting too dark on the outside because we're not cooking too hot. Now, if I was, if I was, you know, behind and I'm trying to cook that butt over 300 degrees, I'm gonna spritz it. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep me some squeeze butter, some spray butter, some water and some, some apple juice, something to keep some moisture on the outside. But low and slow temps with the butt. I want to create that bark. I want it to start drying out because right before, you know, before it gets too dark, that's when I'm thinking about wrapping it up and getting it tender. So I'm really not worried about spritzing that outside of it. All right. So you had just kind of uh, dovetailed into my next question there was if you foil, so it sounds like you do, and you're putting stuff in the foil. Is it typical procedure for you to do that uh, at home, foiling at some point? Usually I do now. Uh, I'm not. I've got two ways I cook butts. I do my don't touch it 225 degree overnight on a pellet grill and, and and you don't do anything to it. You just season it, put it on and let it go to the next morning. But you know, those we don't wrap, we don't do anything to, but if I'm really cooking one on my drum, 
uh, and I'm wanting to cook a perfectly tender, good bark on the outside, really worried about that moisture content on the inside, I'm probably going to wrap it. That crut, Texas crutch, they call it whatever, the full really does work on a butt. I mean, there's nothing that can get it tender and trap all that juiciness in there. Um, when when you cook them unwrapped, you don't use foil. The out, the bark gets a little tougher. You can get a little bit of dryness going on on it, but the meat's still good, you know. But it's still, I think the you get a more tender butt if you do wrap or use, you know, at least use butcher paper or something like that. Well, I was just going to ask if you've used butcher paper in lieu of foil, and if you have, what kind of a difference in product you're getting? Um, the bark's a little firmer. You don't get any of the the ajou, the liquid that cooks out of that butt. That's one advantage to cooking in the pan, like you referred to. You get to catch those drippings, and a lot of times I'll use some of those drippings mixed back with the meat to moisten it up to give it some flavor. I've, I've even, you know, kept that stuff, separated the fat off of it, and used it, you know, to flavor other stuff or to make an injection for a contest or to make a dip up before we put something in a box or something like that. That's a that's a whole different that's a whole different ball game. We'll talk about that here in a few months. Uh, what are we talking about for internal finish temp? Or do you not even shoot for a temp? Is it more of a feel? I do. Like on a wrap butt, I'm going to about 200 degrees. Um, that's kind of the magic number. I mean, you can say, you know, it's it's done. Once it hits 190, you could start checking it, feeling on it, seeing how soft it is. But the no-fail number is 200 degrees. It's going to be pull-apart tender. It's going to spit that bone out. Everything's going to shred. The majority of your fat's going to render. You're probably not going to have much at all, that you know, less desirable stuff inside that butt when you got to break it down. Um, you know, if I'm really, if I'm doing a no-wrap butt and I'm keeping it 220 the whole time on, on my Traeger grill, that butt's never going to get above, much above 190. It mm-hmm. just doesn't want to. But I've held the temperature so low and it's rendered out because it's been on there so long. We're talking 14, 15 hours on that butt. And so it doesn't have to go as high to break down because of the time it's been on there. So there's a difference in it. It's kind of about feel. Just like you think about cooking a brisket, we talk about how the probe goes in there and slides in with no resistance. You're looking for that on the butt. It should be super soft in all the muscles. Don't just feel around the front end. Feel those muscles behind the bone and, you know, on the backside of it. Anything else during the cooking process that we haven't mentioned that you do? Um. I mean, really, there's not, for cooking butts, there's not, you know, a whole lot. It's just patience and time. I think where a lot of people mess up with butts or they end up cooking some that don't pull apart is they didn't give it long enough. They didn't, you know, you you think that you're going to get up, you're going to cook a butt, you're going to have it ready for, you know, dinner that evening or whatever, but you want to give yourself a good 12 hours. Uh, The rest is important to me on a butt as it is, you know, the whole cooking process. When that thing gets to 200 degrees, I'll take it off the grill, vent that steam off, and then let it sit there for just a few minutes open and then cover it back up and stick it in a cooler, a dry cooler, and just let it hang out for an hour or two. It's going to, you know, it's going to slow down. It's going to stop cooking. And I mean, I don't, they say that it'll soak back up some of the juice. I don't believe it's soaking it back up, but what juice was being pushed towards the outside will calm down and go back inside the butt. So you're going to get a better product giving it that rest. And I've left the butt in a cooler for as long as five or six hours, oh, yeah. you know, as long as you're... You know, I wouldn't, I don't, you know, if it's 10 degrees outside, you probably can't leave it that long. But on average temperature day, it'll hold it warm for a long time, man. So that's my trip. My, you know, give yourself plenty of time. You know, you're going to cook a pork butt. Don't don't try to rush it. So we've transitioned into the post cook and serve process. I talked about the hold there. I am a reckless pork butt puller. I throw the butt in the pan. I just go at it with some meat rakes. Are you more of a discerning butt puller? Will you 
search out certain muscles you, and hold them to the side? It comes, that probably comes from my, you know, uh, MBN days. We're breaking a butt or breaking a shoulder down in front of a judge. I'm used, I, I take my time with it. I'll muscle it out, you know, pull the sinew off the muscles as I'm going, kind of separate it into big chunks. And then I'll break it, you know, break it apart by hand and mix it back together. But I just get a feel for how the butts cook like that. Learn them, learn the muscles on the inside of it. And it's, I guess it's just a habit. Now there's been times where we've done a bunch of them and it's just like you said, we're just chunking bones and pulling fast as we can go. But, uh, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm going to take my time, see how it is. When you're putting, and the, I, you know, I'm going to do a little snacking along the way. Oh, of course. Uh, when you're putting the butt together for sandwich, are you a slaw guy? If so, are you creamy or more vinegar based? And is it on the sandwich? Man, I'm. A, I like a good sweet creamy coleslaw on my sandwich. That's 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 my ticket. No barbecue sauce, bun, big pile of pulled pork. Some hot sauce over the top of that, and some coleslaw on top, and I'm happy man. All right. Hot sauce on top. I didn't think about that. By the way, I did want to mention before we go, and I think we've timed it out just perfectly here. Last month, we were talking about our shared passion and love for sauerkraut, and then you asked me about kimchi. I said I had never had it. I had it for the first time today. You were right, man. Outstanding. Great spice. I don't have anything to compare it to because it was my first time out, but first time in, I'm, I'm in love. Yeah, did you try it with some some good rare beef? I didn't have any rare beef uh, with me, but I had like a rare piece of tuna, so it was almost kind of oh. like beef. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being very good. It has some of that same characteristics. Yeah, try it. next time. Next time you want to cook a fillet, get you you know get you a beef tenderloin, cut it up into fillets, grill them real hot and fast, and then serve some kimchi alongside with it. Man, it goes. All right. It goes excellent. I'm going to do that. So we've broken it all down from prep to cook to post and serving pork butts. So if you need more information, of course, go over to Malcolm's website, howtobbqright.com, or search him out on YouTube. He's got videos up there as well. And uh, next month, we will do ribs because everybody loves ribs. We're getting a little closer to springtime in March. Uh, so we'll do it then. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Enjoy yourself in Jamaica. Tell everybody I said hello, and we'll see you in March. Hey, thanks, Greg. Have a good one, man. See you next month. All right, there he is, Malcolm Reed right there. HowToBBQWrite.com, his website, and of course, subscribe to him over on YouTube. Fairly successful first-time individual barbecue roundtable. The guy waiting took part in one of the most prolific roundtables ever to grace the Barbecue Central Show airwave slash podcast, that being the very first brisket roundtable back in 2007, if you can believe it. That's Dr. Barbecue. He'll be joining me here in just one second. I will talk to you quickly about Sterling, Big Papa Ball, and the gang over at Big Papa Smokers. The one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers, handpicked by Sterling, Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, they have something for every kind of outdoor cook. Now, known for the championship rubs and seasonings, of course, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards. I've been using Cash Cow on steaks along with the Double Secret Steak Rub, and it is winning in the house, I can tell you that. Big Pop is offering 13 perfectly balanced flavors, transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also, owner of the Granny's Barbecue Sauce line, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, 
that will please everybody. Give grannies a try. Maybe you're maybe you've had enough with what's currently out there. You want to try something new. Granny's good all by itself or good for a base sauce that you can trick out from there, aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces. They have the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker Big Papa Trust on his competition trailer. If you're not sure what grill you need, call them. Ask questions. They're here to help. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPopSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We are back with Dr. Barbecue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one resource for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other products they have. That is cookinpellets.com. My next guest needs no introduction. Appeared on this show in some form or fashion since 2006. An accomplished barbecue cook, author, TV show judge, QVC pitchman, barbecue hall of famer, and perhaps most importantly, barbecue central show guest hall of famer. Just to name a few things. Also, one of my favorite guys to talk live fire with in general. Let's hit the hotline and welcome back friend of show, Ray Lampy. Hey, Doc. Hey, Greg, good to hear you. I, I'm a member of the Barbecue Central Hall of Fame. I did not know that. You didn't know that? Are you sure? Ray, you no were in the 2018 me. inaugural class, of course. You didn't just, tell me. Yeah. Of course I, I did. I'm sure it just flew right right under the radar. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> okay, well, it's not the Barbecue Hall of Fame, but yeah, I mean, this is uh, here's what I'm coming to find out. I'm announcing people that are coming on my show as, also a barbecue central show guest hall of famer and the first thing they say is i am so uh, <laughs> evidently my promotion team needs to Uh-oh. get on this a little bit bored uh, yeah. maybe maybe that email went in my junk pile but thank Had you I, i'm honored of course uh, we're happy to have you be the inaugural class of barbecue central show guest hall of fame so uh it's been like since april of 2020 the last time we had you on the show so uh, almost two years a lot of things have transpired, of course. And first and foremost, how was the new year finding Dr. Barbecue? Uh, so far, so good. You know, it's nice down here in Florida. We had a little, our two days of winter, but other than that, it's going well. And uh, we're going on a lot of, you know, we're hopefully we're finally going to get back to traveling and some, some real normal life this year after two years of hanging out. How's the restaurant doing? And how did you fare? through the teeth of COVID because that was a big deal for a lot of restaurants. It's doing well. And we did well, you know, all things considered, we did well through it. Barbecue restaurants, I think in general did pretty well because it travels well. It's good carry out. You know, if you're only going to have one meal this week, it's going to make you feel better. And, and, and I think we lived with all that. And we also were right after it. We, I think we might've closed for one day or none 
and we just laid everybody off except the managers. And we stood outside and and sold barbecue in the parking lot and sold drinks in the parking lot. And uh, I mean, you name it, you know, like everybody did. I I, I couldn't understand the people that just closed because we from day one, who knew how this was going to go? And obviously it's dragged on and dragged on. So we just did everything we could. The, the delivery and carry out services have been good to us. Uh, as horrible as you know, it is the money they take, it's better than nothing. And, and of course I, we all got a little government cheese and that helped get through it as well. So, you know, two years later, we're okay. I, I'm not going to say it's great, but we're okay. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show, drbbq.com, his website, uh, Dr. Barbecue on a lot of the social media handles as well. Ray, after a five-year layoff, you decide to go out and compete this past <laughs> weekend. I mean, that is, to me, very honorable to have a five-year layoff. Uh, I think the last time you competed, it was you know a number of years in between competitions as well. So this is something that you are all of a sudden becoming known for these wide layoffs, and then you go out and compete. What's the motivation to do it? Uh, well, yeah, 2016 was the last one. A um, couple things. For one, it, truly, my trailer's just been sitting there since like 2018 was the last sticker on the license plate. And I needed an excuse to get it out, clean it up, and, and sell it. And I figured, okay, I'll go to the Lakeland Pig Fest, which is what I moved to Florida because I had been coming down to the pig fest and, and knew it was a good place to hang out and install barbecue. And I had a couple of cookers I needed to sell. I just was getting too much stuff laying around. So I figured I would do that. Well, I ended up selling all of it before I got there. So I really didn't need to do that, but, but it was still a good excuse. And there's a little bit of vanity to this. I won, I've been cooking. Well, this will be my, it'll be 40 years wow. this year since I went to my first cook off. Uh, I, but I also, I've won contests in the 90s and in the 2000s and in the 2000 teens. And, you know, so I, I might have to get serious somewhere along here just to get that fourth decade, get a grand. But I certainly wasn't prepared for this one because it didn't go very well. But but and it, it was also a lot of fun to go hang out with everybody. It's been a long time. So, you know, a lot of reasons and uh, it, a lot of it was a success, not so much the scores. You have often on this show in past visits called the barbecue cooks on the competition circuit these days technicians. Did you decide to be a technician this past weekend or did the roots of Ray Lampy come out and just be a barbecue cook? Decide is not the right word. Attempt would be the right word. And <laughs> it was a miserable failure. Um, I I went to uh, Leanne Whippen lives down here now and we, we get to hang out a lot. So we went over to the Plant City cook off and there was these guys there smoking ain't easy that uh, I had met him before. Leanne was pretty good friends with him. So we sat around with him for a couple hours and they this guy was Sam was nice enough. He showed us everything. I mean, literally showed us all he was doing. And it was all that technician type stuff. So me thinking, you know, okay, I can do this. This is no problem. I'll be able to handle this. But I didn't practice anything. I I, I bought one of them big A9 briskets and, and cut the heart out of it and shaped it pretty nice and then proceeded to cook the shit out of it and just made a mess of it and oh. overcooked it. And uh, I rolled up my pork loins. My pork loins I thought were pretty good. 
Uh, my buddy John cooked the ribs and he burned them up a little bit, which is, you know, we're just so out of practice. So I, I did, I did try that technician stuff, but so now I made up those little money muscle rolls and I had them on the internet. I thought I was great. I had to figure out how to cook those, but then it came time to cook them and I wasn't exactly sure what I should have done with those and how long and do I cook them slow? Do I cook them fast? And, I, you know, a little bit of practice might've been smart, but I, I, you know, I didn't have time and I didn't care that much. I probably should have just done everything I used to do the old way and at least I'd have felt better about it. So uh, kudos to those technician guys because with zero attempts to practice, I didn't do a very good job of it. So now that we're in the 2020s, as you had mentioned, you've had wins in all the subsequent decades dating back to the 1980s, uh, 90s, whatever. Would you take a class or would you scour the internet or would you pay for a master class? I mean, there's so many different ways to ramp up the learning curve to be, I guess, somewhat competitive at this point. Would you do something along those lines just to get a better feel for it? Or would you judge yeah, instead? I would. Well, I judge, I judge pretty often just to kind of keep my toe in the water. Uh, I don't know that that really accomplishes much. The, I have, I took Heath Riles to, did a class over at Whiskey Bent a couple of years ago. Uh, when we were first getting the restaurant teed up and the whole team wanted to go. So we went over there and did that. And I took a trig and rod gray class years ago. So I'm certainly not above any of that. Uh, I, I would do that for sure. But I think I would, I would, I know basically I got the basic idea of what people are doing these days. I just think buy 10 briskets and cook them, you know, and, and practice and, and then maybe take one to classes to really dial yourself in. I, I think, and I recommend that to people all the time. There was a guy coming around at the cook off the other day thinking about getting his, his joining up the, you know, signing up a team. And I said, man, go take one of them classes, spend the money. It'd be well worth your time because you're just going to, we always said it, but it's probably true more now than ever that you'll just bypass all that money you would have spent learning. Ray, you've seen competitions and taken part in competitions for a long period of time, you know, almost all the way back since the beginning of this. And I don't know if this is too broad of a question or if you're going to be able to, to pick two or three different things. As you look back to how it started to where it is today, what do you think are the two or three biggest changes or evolutions to competition barbecue as it's gone through the years? Well, like like so many other things in our life, the internet, you know, I mean, even going back to the early days of the barbecue forum, the Ray Basso forum, we could find each other. You know, I truly remember uh, when waiting for the KCBS bullshit newspaper to show up because you had no other way to know what was going on. Um, literally wait for that newspaper and read it at the end of the month. I mean, unless you had some friends and you called them and stuff. So the internet has just allowed us all to find each other to a, a ridiculous uh level and and also then you know product availability i say this a lot about wood you know uh, the reason they cook hogs over over hickory wood in north carolina is because that's what they had they cook these you know oak and mesquite and beef in texas now we can order wood from anywhere in the world and and there's combinations and getting peach wood when you're in in the the dakotas and you know i mean it's it's amazing what we have so the internet has just changed everything now and you know you want to get about the nuts and bolts stuff well i think we we've let the tail wag the dog i i think the cooks and then combined with the judges have created what they want and i don't think it was necessarily best for the whole package uh i often talk about nascar nascar is the, you know, if if everybody's cheating and driving down below the line and on the 
on the the corner the curb they they make a rule that says if you go under there you get you got to stop for a lap and you're going to lose and and they you know because it's the right thing to do you know we we probably should have never let everybody start cooking in their motor homes uh because it just makes for it looks like a campground it doesn't look like a cook-off i think we've we've hurt ourselves a lot uh if you show up at a cook-off at six o'clock on a saturday night now if you you heard there's an you didn't know anything about it you heard there's a cook-off in cleveland at you might go at six o'clock on saturday thinking you're going to have dinner and meet some people and learn all about this meanwhile what you're going to see is an empty parking lot because we're all gone home already at six o'clock on a saturday i mean so you know that kind of stuff i think has really hurt us amazingly we we've thrived and there's a whole lot of us that were able to quit having a real job and and uh, malcolm's one of them you know and and so but to me it was the entrepreneurs the guys that were probably going to do it anyway if you thought just going to cook-offs was going to make you rich and famous that probably wasn't going to work out you're going to have to do a little uh, legwork entrepreneurial legwork yourself but we've had the opportunities and we've done it so as much as i, I criticized a lot of that stuff somehow it all worked ray lampy joining us here on the show drbbq.com his website Right, Ray, stand by for this. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rempe reporting from the breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. The city breaking the most live fire breaking news as it breaks across the country. Nay, the globe. And we go down to Florida where Ray Lampy is going to be breaking some news for us right here on this show. Ray, the stage is yours. This is where I always come when I've got something important right. to say, Greg. And you, you are the man, and I appreciate the the stage to say it from. Uh, after two years of not working for a grill company, I have just come to an agreement with a new grill company, a uh, new to me, uh, Louisiana Grills. I will be working with them going forward. Right. Details to come. We just got the agreement signed today, but uh, I am really excited about that. You know, I took a couple years off, and obviously, COVID was a whole. It wasn't like the whole situation was thriving, but I needed to let that old deal rest a little bit, and and it has, and we're past it, and uh, it's time to go forward with somebody that thinks I can help them, and I think I can as well. Is that the key in finding a relationship? I'm not going to ask you specifically about Louisiana Grill and this and that, but just from your time, everybody knows you had a, a huge history with Big Green Egg, and it was you know 15 years or however long it was. I mean, it was quite a, a long tenure especially when you look to see how business dealings are done today. It's maybe a year, maybe it's six months, and who knows. In your opinion, if somebody was going to be trying to do what you do, what should you be bringing to the table for the grill company? And then on the other side of that, what should you be looking for from support from the manufacturer? Well, it's one of those things that you... You know, you have to have the experience to get the job, but you can't get the experience unless you have the job. <laughs> Luckily, I was, I mean, I believe I was probably the first barbecue contest guy that got hired by a grill company. And and it was a wing and a prayer, and it wasn't a lot of money in the beginning. But, you know, we all worked with, together with it as the whole situation grew, the barbecue in general. Uh, the, the You know, everything just became, the internet as well helped us a lot. So, I was lucky enough to achieve all that experience. And, and when that deal just came to an end, it was a nice run. It was all good. Uh, I, I, I wasn't ready to just sit at home and not do that again. You know, that's a big part of what I do for a living is promote grills. And, and I didn't want to wait for the right time. But you want to look for, you know, first of all, 
<laughs> I tell guys all the time and I'll say, please, please don't work for free. A grill is not a, a payment. You know, you, you shouldn't work for free just to appear. That's not how you get in the game. You know, okay, you're in the game, but you still don't have, you still got to keep your job. So <laughs> I, I just, I think we've, we've kind of made a mistake there. The, I, I, the book business is the same way. Everybody, they, people are paying to write their own book. And I don't understand that aspect of the business. So I think, you know, take it as serious. You understand your value. If you're, if you've got a lot of influence in this world, you should get paid for that. And, and you got to find the right company and the right fit. And, and in this case, I, I really feel like I have. Uh, it, it's a pretty impressive family-owned mm -hmm. company, and I'm really excited to get to working with them. So, uh, you know, what should you expect from them? Well, you know, as much as you can, as much as you deserve. Um, but I, again, don't give it away for free. The old saying, you know, why would I buy the cow if I'm getting the milk for free? And there's a whole lot of guys giving the milk away these days. Uh, Ray, from a book standpoint, you had just kind of mentioned it offhand there when we were talking about uh, teaming up there with Louisiana Grills. Anything coming up on the book front? Uh, no, in in theory, in my resume, it says I'm working on my 10th book. I guess you're always working on one, but uh, nothing serious. That, that business has had a, a tough go as well. Um, for one, you know, we have the internet. The, that's one thing that the internet has hurt is the book business. Although it's hung in better than anybody yep. expected, yep. be honest. And, uh, but there's just, it, like everything else, there's a lot of people doing it for nothing or for free because it's going to help promote their brand. And I get that, but boy, at, at what point, what, what, what are you going to get paid for? If you, everything you do is to help promote your brand, there's got to be an end game somewhere where you get paid for it. And I, I you know, I, I had a, luckily I had a nice run in the cookbook business when we were getting paid pretty well. And so I'm not running to the store to do it for nothing, but you never know there, uh, something good could come up and it probably will. Announcing his new relationship with Louisiana grills right here on the show. It's Dr. Barbecue Ray Lampy. So Make sure you follow him to see how that whole relationship will unveil. And as things come up, Ray, obviously, please feel free to drop me a line. We'll have you back on. We can talk about things that are going on with the grill company or whatever else you have. But great to catch up with you and wish you continued success. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, let's do it more than every two years now. Yes, let's do that. My promise to you, of course. That is Ray Lampy right there, Dr. Barbecue. And he is in with Louisiana Grill. So great to hear. Did a great run with Big Green Egg, and now I can only anticipate it will be even better with Louisiana Grill, a great family there. Of course, owned by uh, the Dansons, family of companies. Pit Boss is in there, Louisiana Grill. I think it's uh, Country Smoker, Southern Smoker, something like that. There's a whole, a whole bunch of grills in that family, if you come to think about it. Very impressive. So congratulations to Ray on that. All right, I'll talk to you quickly about... Another great grill, pre uh, Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Jason Baker and the gang over there offering some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market. They have a choice line to choose from. They also have a prime line. You choose if you want tech, if you want a little bit more of a robust build on the chassis, if you want to be able to look in the cooker, if you want lights in the cooker, prime grill is the one you want. If you don't care about all that stuff, you don't need the Wi-Fi or the app connectivity, get the Choice Line. Now, either one accommodates the pizza oven insert. You're going to want to get that. Everybody loves high-heat pizza. It's all the rage these days. And it's so fun. Cheese pizza for the kids, pepperoni pizza for you, everything pizza for the wife. Whatever you got, it's fine. Get it. 
They're sold through dealers only. GreenMountainGrill.com is the website. That's GreenMountainGrill.com. Find a dealer near you. Visit them. Get educated. Buy the one that's best for you. Get the accessories if they have them. If not, get them at the website, GreenMountainGrill.com. And then you're off and running. Success right out of the box. Why? Because they taught you right there at the dealer. Green Mountain Grill. One of my favorite cookers, absolutely. Make them one of yours, too. Check out the website, check out the dealers, and away you go. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And we're back. We thank Ray Lampy for joining us last segment. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both of those. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 with Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro, and the Fireboard Spark. Get it. By the way, I had mentioned my humble apologies that I screwed up the scheduling with Chris Young over Combustion. He sent me an email. I was like, oh, please forgive me. I'm an idiot. Can we reschedule the next open date? He said, okay. And then he sent me a follow-up email saying, forgot to add. Don't know if you've seen all the new details, but we've updated our site and are taking pre-orders, although they're running out quickly. So if you're interested in looking at something that would run across that yumly meter, meat stick, wireless thermometer type thing, combustion.inc is the website. You can go run over there real quick and see what's happening with that. And if you want to pre-order it, go ahead and pre-order it. I mean, it's got to deliver quicker than the meter, right? I mean, that thing never... That thing almost never delivered. And now Traeger has it. I'm still thinking they're going to release something later in the year. End of summer. Or uh, end of spring. Summertime. By the way, show note... Jeremy Andrews scheduled to appear in the first hour next week so you can rest assured I'll ask him about plans with the meter and if they're going to rename it and they're going to do better with it than it exists now. They can't leave it as is underneath the Traeger umbrella. There's no way they can do that. doesn't fit their standard in my opinion. Alright, we are pointing to the second hour. If you in advance, let me say this if you want to take part in the Sam the Cooking Guy what does Sam like best? Game show. Go to Clubhouse now or download the Clubhouse download, download the Clubhouse app now. Sign in, make your account, do whatever it is that you do with that. Then search the Barbecue Central show or search me, Greg Rempe. Tune into the show. And then when we get to the point where I'm asking for volunteers to come on and play, I will either ask you to come on stage or... And then all you need to do is accept that, and then I will pick somebody from there. But we got to get you up on stage. Didn't work out too well last week for Guy the Cooking, Sam, but hopefully as we continue on with this, it gets a little bit better. 
It's my promise to you to bring you A, great sounding quality shows, number one. Number two, ease of entry if you want to take part in the show. Although sometimes it doesn't work that well. We try. Sometimes it doesn't work. All right. Uh, once again, we thank Ray Lampy for joining me last segment. His website is ask. I'm sorry, drbbq.com. That's drbbq.com. You can interact with him socially at drbbq. And look for that new partnership that will be further announced over the next coming days and weeks with Louisiana Grills. We are pointing the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show.